Book two, chapter fourteen of Amadis of Gaul. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Amadis of Gaul by Vasco de Lobeira. Translated by Robert Southey. Book two, chapter fourteen. How Beltenebros, having finished these adventures, went to the fountain of the three channels where he concerted his going to miraflores where his lady oriana sojourned and how a strange knight bought certain jewels which were to try true lovers to the court of the king and how amadis agreed with his lady oriana that they twain should go in disguise to try them beltenebros having taken leave of the princess returned joyfully to the fountain where the damsels were he bade enil go to london and get him other arms made the same as those he wore which were now so battered as to be useless and he was to buy him another sword and bring them in eight days to the fountain of the three channels enil forthwith departed and the damsels also taking their leave rode on to miraflores and there told oriana and mabilia what great feats they had seen that day achieved by a knight called beltenebros he meantime struck into the forest and rode slowly the same way till he came to a brook winding among the trees and there for it was yet early he alighted and took off his helmet and drank of the water and cleansed himself from the sweat of the battle and there he remained musing over his past and present fortunes and the strange vicissitudes of life till night approached then he made for the castle durin and gandalin met him at the garden wall and took his horse oriana and mabilia and the damsel were on the wall they gave him their hands presently he was over and held oriana in his arms but who can tell what joy there then was in embracing and kisses and the mingling of tears mabilia roused them as from a dream and led them into the castle and there beltenebros remained eight days with oriana in joys dearer to him than even paradise meantime king lisuarte was preparing for the battle against king sildadan which he much doubted knowing what giants and mighty knights would be with his enemy florestan and galaor and agarayes were returned and don galvanes lachland had arrived and many other good knights the whole talk was of beltenebros and many said his deeds surpassed those of amadis whereat galaor and florestan were so enraged that nothing but their promise to undertake no adventure before the battle withheld them from seeking him and proving him in mortal combat but of this they only communed with each other one day there came into the palace an old squire with two others all clad in garments of the same cloth the old man's beard was shorn his ears were large and the hair of his head grey he kneeling before the king addressed him in the greek language sir the great fame which is gone abroad of the knights and dames and damsels of your court hath brought me hither to see if i can find among them what for sixty years i have sought through all parts of the world and reaped no fruit for my labour noble king if you hold it good permit that a trial may be made here which shall not be to your injury nor to the shame of any all who were present desirous to see what it might be besought the king's assent which he feeling the like curiosity readily granted 
the old squire then took in his hand a coffer of jasper three cubits long and a span wide its sides being fastened with plates of gold this he opened and took out a sword so strange as the like was never seen the sheath was of bone yet green like an emerald and so clear that the blade of the sword could be seen through and it was unlike other blades for the one half was as bright as it could be and the other burning red like fire the hilt was of the same green bone and the belt also being made of such small pieces fastened together with gold screws that it could be girt on like a common belt this the squire hung around his neck and took from the same coffer a head-dress of flowers the half whereof were as beautiful and fresh as though they had just then been cut from the living stem the other half so withered and dry that it seemed they would crumble at a touch the king asked why those flowers that all seemed to grow from the same stem were yet in such different condition and what was the nature of that strange sword king said the old squire this sword cannot be drawn from the scabbard except by the knight who of all men in the world loveth his lady best and as soon as he shall have it in his hand the half which is now of burning red shall become clear and bright like the other part and the whole blade be of one colour and when this garland of flowers shall be set upon the head of that lady or damsel that with the same surpassing love doth love her husband or friend the dry flowers shall again become fresh and green and know sir that i cannot be knighted except by the hands of that true lover nor take sword except from that loyal lady for this o king having searched all other courts and parts of the world i am come hither after sixty years hoping that as there is no court of emperor or king like this here i may succeed at last tell me said lisuarte how is it that the half which is burning red does not burn the scabbard you shall hear quoth the squire between tartary and india there is a sea so hot that it boils like water over a fire and it is all green and in that sea serpents breed bigger than crocodiles having wings wherewith they fly and so venomous that all people run from them in fear nevertheless they who at any time find one dead esteem it much being a thing excellent in medicine these serpents have one bone reaching from the head to the tail it is so strong that the whole body is formed upon this one bone and green as you see it here in this scabbard and hilt and belt and because it grew in that boiling sea no fire can burn it now i will tell you of this garland the flowers are from trees in tartary in an island fifteen miles from the shore the trees are only two nor is it known that there are any such in any part elsewhere but in that sea is a whirlpool so terrible that men fear to venture to take them howbeit they have dared pass and succeeded sell them for what they will to ask for this freshness and life green never fails having told you thus much you shall know who i myself am i am nephew of the best man of his own time who was called apolidon and who long time dwelt here in your country in the firm island my father was king ganor 
his brother to whom he gave his kingdom and my mother daughter to the king of pannonia and when i was of age to be knighted my father because of the exceeding love between him and my mother made me promise to be made knight by none but the most true lover in the world and to receive sword only from the truest lady i lightly promised thinking to accomplish this as soon as i should see my uncle apolidon and his grimanesa but so it was that when i arrived grimanesa was dead and he knowing wherefore i came greatly pitied me for it is the custom of my land that no one who is not a knight can reign therein so having no remedy to give me then he bade me return to him at a year's end and at that time he gave me this sword and garland telling me by the labour of this search to remedy the folly of such a promise and now sir i beseech you as without wrong or shame it may be done that you and your knights and the queen and her ladies be pleased to make the proof and if such can be found as shall accomplish it let the sword and garland be theirs the profit will be mine and rest from my weary toil and the honour yours above all other princes that they who could accomplish this adventure were found in your court the king then said that santiago's day was but five days off and then he had summoned many knights to be present wherefore if it please him to wait so long his chance of success would be greater among so many more knights this the squire thought good gandalin was at this time in the court and heard all that the squire had said forthwith he rode to miraflores beldenebros and oriana were playing chess in the little court under the trees when he had related all that had passed and how a day was appointed for the trial beltenebro sat musing for a while lost in thought till gandalin and his cousin had left the place and then as he looked up oriana asked what had made him so deep in thought lady mine quoth he if by god's help and yours my thought could be accomplished i should be a happy man for ever dear friend she answered she who hath made you master of her person will do for you anything he took her hands and kissed them often and said this is what i have been thinking that if you and i could win this sword and garland our hearts would be for ever at rest and all those doubts that have tortured us be utterly destroyed but how can i do this said oriana without great shame and greater danger to myself and to these damsels who are private to our loves that replied beltenebros may easily be done you shall go so disguised and i will obtain such security from the king your father that we shall be unknown as before strangers then do your pleasure quoth she and god prosper it to good i doubt not to gain the garland if it is to be won by exceeding love i will obtain your father's promise said beltenebros that nothing shall be demanded from me against my own consent and will go completely armed and you lady shall have a cloak fastened round you and your face muffled so that you shall see all yet no one see you let us call mabilia cried oriana without her counsel i must not adventure so they called her and gandalin and the damsel of denmark and they albeit they saw great peril did not gainsay their inclination and mabilia said 
there was a rich cloak among her mother's presents that the damsel had brought which never had been worn or seen in that land she brought it and took oriana apart and dressed her in it so that when she came out with her gloves on and her face cloths no one knew her though they looked narrowly lady mine cried beltenebros i never thought it would give me pleasure not to see and know you he then bade gandalin buy the fairest palfrey that could be found in all that country and bring it at midnight before the day of the adventure to the garden wall and he told durin to have his horse ready for him this evening that he might meet enil and send him to obtain the security from king lisuarte beltenebros rode that night through the forest and at daybreak reached the fountain of the three channels presently enil came up and brought with him the arms they were good arms and pleased him well he then asked the squire what news of the court and enil told him the talk there was of his prowess and was about to relate concerning the sword and garland but beltenebros said this i learned three days since from a damsel who made me promise to carry her secretly to this proof this i must do and will prove the sword myself but as you know it is my will not to make myself known to the king nor to any other till my deeds make me worthy you must return directly and tell the king that if he will promise and secure us that nothing shall be said or done to us against our pleasure we will come and try the adventure and say you before the queen and her ladies that this damsel makes me go greatly against my inclination on the day of the proof meet me here at dawn that the damsel may know if she has this security meantime i must return to bring her here for she dwells afar off beltenebros then took his arms and while enil went to the city lay down by the same brookside till night then rode to miraflores durin was ready to take his horse and his fair friends expected him at the garden wall what sir cousin quoth mabilia seeing his arms you return richer than you went do you not understand it cried oriana he went to get arms that he might free himself from this prison thus cheerfully they entered the castle and they gave him food for he had not eaten the whole day lest he might be seen End of chapter fourteen book two chapter fifteen how beltenebros and oriana sent the damsel of denmark to know what answer was given to their demand and how they went to the proof the next day the damsel of denmark was sent to london to learn what answer enil obtained and to tell the queen and her ladies that oriana was ill and did not rise it was late before she returned because the king had gone forth to meet queen briolania who was come to his court and brought with her three hundred knights to go in search of amadis as his brothers might dispose of them twenty damsels accompanied her all dressed in mourning like herself for in that dress had he found her and that dress had she worn when he recovered for her her kingdom and that she would wear till some tidings of him were known is she so handsome as they say quoth oriana so save me god lady replied the damsel 
as excepting yourself i think her the fairest and most graceful woman that i have ever seen and it grieved her much when she heard of your malady and she bade me say when it pleased you she would come and see you i should be much pleased answered oriana for she is the person in the world whom i most wish to see honour her well said beltenebros for she well deserves it although lady you have suspected something dear friend no more of this i know my thoughts were false but this trial quoth he will make you more free from this and me more subject the garland said oriana will prove whether my error proceeded from excess of love the damsel then told them how the king had promised enil the security which he required they rose at midnight before the day of the proof oriana was wrapped in mabilia's mantle and her face muffled and beltenebros armed himself in his new arms they crossed the wall gandalin was there with the horse and palfrey they mounted and rode alone into the forest mabilia and the damsel of denmark remained in great fear lest ill should befall but when oriana found herself in the midst of the forest at night she was so affrighted that her whole body trembled and her speech failed and she began to apprehend that she might fail to accomplish the adventure and that if so her lover who now trusted in her so fully would suspect her truth and then she wished she had never undertaken the danger when beltenebros perceived her agitation he said i would rather have died lady than brought you here if i had thought you would have been so terrified we had better turn back and he turned his horse and led her palfrey round but then oriana's heart changed seeing that so great an adventure would be for her sake forgone and she said dear friend do not heed my fears for i am a woman and this is a strange place to me regard only what you as a good knight ought to achieve dear lady mine quoth he your prudence guides my folly i can neither do or say other than you command me so they proceeded and about an hour before the dawn reached the fountain when it was broad day enil came up lady damsel said beltenebros this is the squire of whom i spake let us hear if the king grant your demand enil then told them what lisuarte had promised and that the proof was to begin immediately after mass beltenebros then gave him his shield and spear the helmet he wore himself they took the road to london and in this guise entered the gate all flocked to see them crying out this is the good knight beltenebros who sent here don quadragante and the giants this is the prime of all knighthood happy the damsel who comes in his guard when oriana heard this she felt a pride to know herself the mistress of him who by his great valour could command all others thus they reached the palace where the king and all his knights the queen and her ladies were assembled for the adventure as soon as their approach was known the king went to receive them at the entrance they knelt to kiss his hand but he withdrew it saying good friend i shall willingly observe your pleasure for in a short time you have done more for me than ever knight did for king before beltenebros bowed thankfully but made no answer and proceeded with his damsel up to the queen 
but oriana's flesh quivered with fear seeing she was before her parents but her true friend never let go her hand and so they both knelt before brisena the queen raised them and said damsel i know not who you are never having seen you but for the great services which this knight hath performed and for your own deserts also you are both honourably and deservedly welcome beltenebros thanked her but oriana held down her head as if for humbleness and made no answer the king and his knights then went on one side of the hall the queen and her ladies to the other but beltenebros said that if it pleased the king he would stand apart with his damsel and prove the adventure last of all lisuarte then took the sword and drew it a hand's breadth no more macandon the old squire said king if there be no better lover in the court than you i shall depart without my wish and he thrust the sword back for so it was to be at every trial then galaor essayed and could only draw it three fingers breadth florestan and galvanes and grumedan and brandoyuas and ladasin all tried none so successfully as florestan who drew it at a full palm's length don guilan the pensive was next and he drew it half out had you loved just as much again said macandon you would have won the sword others there were who tried but could not move it and these the old squire called heretics in love then came agarayes to the proof he looked at olinda and thought surely the sword would be his for his true and loyal love he drew it within a hand of the point and as he still attempted to pluck it forth the burning part of the blade touched his cloak and burnt it then he retired sufficiently rejoiced that he had so far exceeded all others almost sir knight quoth old macandon had you been the winner and i satisfied palomir and dragonis who had arrived the day before next essayed and drew it no further than galaor knights quoth the squire if you had only as much of the sword as you can draw you would have but little for your own defence true said dragonis and if you should be knighted at the end of the adventure you are not so young but that you may remember the ceremony at this all laughed but there remained no more to make the trial beltenebros then arose and took his lady by the hand and went towards the sword sir stranger quoth macandon this sword will become you better than the one you wear yet i would not have you be so sure of it as to lay aside your own for this is to be won by truth of heart and not by force of arms but he took the sword and drew it from the scabbard and immediately the whole blade became clear and shining with one brightness when macandon saw this he knelt down and said oh good knight god give thee honour for thou hast done great honour to this court reason is it that you should be beloved well by your lady unless she be the falsest and most unreasonable of women now then give me the honour of knighthood which i may receive from no other hand but yours and you will give me with it lands and the lordship over many good men good friend replied beltenebros let the proof of the garland be made then i will do with you what can rightly be done and then he blessed the sword and laying his own aside hung it round his neck and led his lady back to her station 
great were the praises then which he received for excellence in arms and in love so that galaor and florestan were moved to great anger for they thought it shame that any other than amadis should be esteemed above them and they resolved within themselves that their first business after the battle with king sildadan should be to fight him and either die or show to the world the difference there was between him and their brother lisuarte now called upon the queen and her ladies to make their proof without fear and in hope of honour for she who won the garland if dame should be more loved and honoured by her husband if damsel acquire the praise of loyalty above all brisena first placed the flowers on her own head they did not in the least alter queen and madam quoth old macandon if the king your husband gained little by attempting the sword it seems you have well requited him she answered nothing but drew back greatly abashed next was briolania that fair queen of sobradisa she like brisena produced no change lady and most fair damsel cried the squire you must be loved before you can love so as to gain the garland four other king's daughters came on eluida and estreleta her sister who was fair and proud and aldeva and olinda the gentle upon her head the flowers began to revive so that all thought she would win the praise but they only began and when the garland was taken off they withered again as before more than a hundred other dames tried but all with less success than olinda and all received their jest from the old squire oriana had felt a fear when briolania made the proof and she rejoiced at the failure lest had she succeeded her friend might deem it was for his love for never had she seen so fair a damsel and she thought surely that if his heart were not won by her there was no danger of a rival all others had now failed she made a sign to beltenebros to lead her up the garland was placed round her head and immediately the dry flowers quickened with full freshness and verdure excellent damsel quoth macandon you are she for whom i sought forty years before you were born then the old squire besought beltenebros to knight him and that damsel to give him a sword let it be presently said beltenebros for i cannot tarry macandon then put on white garments and white armour over it like a new knight and beltenebros knighted him according to the manner and put on his right spur and oriana girded on a rich sword which his squires had brought the dames and damsels laughed at seeing him and aldeva said so loud that all heard her what a fair child and he will be a new knight as long as he lives how know you that cried the rest she answered because the dress he has now put on will last as long as himself gentle damsels quoth the old man i would not exchange my pleasure for your manners my youth may be ranked with your modesty the king was pleased at this reply for he thought their speeches were unseemly this done beltenebros and his lady took leave of the queen and brisena said to her daughter lady though it is your pleasure not to be known here yet i beseech you when you are returned home ask of me whatever favour i can grant i know her lady quoth beltenebros just as much as you do though we have been seven days together but this i can say that she is fair 
and she has locks that need not be thus concealed damsel said briolania i know you not but if your friend love you as you love him and as he will do if he be wise love never made a better union her words gave pleasure to oriana and they took their leave and mounted the king and don galaor accompanying them and beltenebros said to the king take this damsel and honour her sir for she well deserves it having honoured your court lisuarte took her bridle and went he on talking with galaor who had little inclination for friendly talk with him longing to engage him in battle when they had gone a little way beltenebros took the bridle from the king and said now sir god be with you and if it please you that i should be one of your hundred in the battle i shall willingly serve you the king embraced and thanked him and said that great part of his fear was removed by having him on his part they parted then and beltenebros and his lady enil following entered the forest he having round his neck that green sword and she that garland of flowers upon her head when they reached the fountain of the three channels they saw a squire on horseback coming down the mountain who said knight archelaus the enchanter bids you send him that damsel if you make him fetch her he will cut off both your heads where is archelaus the enchanter cried beltenebros the squire showed him where he and another knight were under a tuft of trees both being armed and their horses ready by them at hearing this oriana could scarcely keep her seat upon the palfrey lady damsel fear not quoth he if this sword fail me not i will protect you he then took his arms tell archelaus i am a stranger knight who know him not and have no reason to obey him when archelaus heard this he grew greatly enraged and said to the knight with him nephew lindoraque take that garland which the damsel wears for your mistress madasima if the knight attempts to hinder you cut off his head and hang the woman by the hair to a tree lindoraque mounted and moved on to do it he was a huge man and well might be so being son of cartadaque the giant of the defended mountain by a sister of Archelaus, but beltenebros held him at naught and placing himself right in his way for he had heard his errand cried knight you pass no farther you shall not hinder me quoth he from performing the pleasure of Archelaus." beltenebros answered we shall see what your pride in his villainy can do they couched their lances and ran the lances broke lindorake fell with the truncheon in his body he rose being of stout heart and seeing beltenebros about to strike him bent from the blow and reeled and fell upon the truncheon and drove it clean through his back so that he died instantly archelaus was riding up to help him beltenebros galloped up to him and made him loose the joust and struck at him with his sword a blow that cut off the lance and with it half the hand so that only his thumb was left he turned to fly and threw away his shield and by the fleetness of his horse escaped beltenebros then bade enil take the shield and hand of archelaus and the head of lindoraque to the king and tell him what had happened he and his lady went on their way and rested beside a fountain till it was near night then rode to miraflores the squires were ready and mabilia and the damsel joyfully received them for if there had been delay they only expected death 
fair prizes have ye won quoth mabilia but they have caused us great alarm and many tears as lisuarte and galaor were returning to the town a damsel came up and gave them each a letter and rode away the king read his thus to thee lisuarte king of great britain i urganda the unknown send salutation and i tell thee that in the perilous and cruel battle between thee and king sildadan beltenebros in whom you confide shall lose his name and his renown and for one blow that he shall give all his great deeds shall be quite forgotten in that hour thou shalt be in the greatest extremity and in all danger of death when the sharp sword of beltenebros shall shed thy blood cruel and dolorous will the battle be there will be great rage and cruelty and no compassion but at last by three blows from the hand of beltenebros his party shall remain conquerors look to it king for she who sends thee this warning knows what is to come brave as the king's heart was this letter dismayed him he believed that beltenebros was to lose his life and that his own would be in the utmost danger howbeit he put on a good countenance and gave the letter to galaor and asked his counsel sir quoth galaor i stand in need of your counsel myself but if this battle can honourably be avoided i should advise that it be done so if that cannot be you should not be in the field by the sword of beltenebros your blood is to be shed and by three blows from his hand his party are to remain conquerors this i do not understand for he is to be on your side and yet the letter says otherwise friend quoth the king your love for me makes you advise me ill i must not for the knowledge of any one how wise soever distrust the power of him who ordaineth all things my good friend i be in the battle and take what fortune it please god to give the king's answer roused galaor rightly you are esteemed the best king in the world quoth he and he then showed him his own letter you don galaor of gaul the strong and the brave i urganda salute as him whom i esteem and love know from me what must befall you in the dolorous battle if you be there after many cruelties and deaths that you will have witnessed in the last press your strong body and stout limbs will fail your brave and ardent heart and at the end your head will be in his power who with the three blows that he shall give is to decide the day friend quoth lisuarte if this say true you will be slain if you enter the battle i will so order that you may honourably decline it sir said galaor it seems the advice i gave displeased you that you would command me to my shame god forbid that i should hear and obey you don galaor you are right the king answered we will trust in god meantime say nothing of these letters lest our friends should be discouraged before they entered the town two knights came up to be present in the battle they were don bruneo of bonamar and branfil his brother and bruneo grieved much that he had not arrived in time to prove the sword for he had passed under the arch of loyal lovers and by his love to melicia doubted not that he should have won it him galaor courteously saluted and took to his lodging as a right worthy knight presently enil arrived with the head of lindoraque hanging from the horse's breastplate and the hand and shield of arcalaus 
then was the great prowess of beltenebros more praised and galaor and florestan more desirous to prove in battle that he was not equal to their lost brother amadis at this time philispinel returned who had been sent with the king's defiance to the giants he brought word that they were gone to ireland and would in four days time land in the port of the plain where the battle was to be fought and he brought with him this letter to the great lord lisuarte king of great britain and to all our friends in his dominions i arban a wretch once king of north wales and i angriote of estrevaus inform you that our unhappy fortune has thrown us into the power of the fierce gromadaza wife of amongomadan who in vengeance for the death of her husband and her son inflicts upon us such torments that we wish for death to relieve us but she will not kill us that she may lengthen our sufferings the which are such that we should have ridden ourselves of life if it were not for losing our souls thereby but being now near death we write this letter in our blood praying god to grant you the victory over these traitors who in such inhuman sort torment us great sorrow had the king hereat and all his knights however he comforted them assuring them that there was no other remedy or way of helping their friends than by conquering in this great battle so they all prepared and set forth for the place appointed end of chapter fifteen recording by marisol qui